What's going on guys? My name is Jeremy Graves. I'm a level three certified CrossFit trainer and former CrossFit affiliate owner. I would like to welcome you to the Elevate Trainer Development Podcast. I've been a full-time trainer for over 10 years now and I've worked with everyone from pro athletes to 90 plus year old seniors. As a member of the CrossFit HQ training staff, I have access to some of the best coaches within our fitness industry. Join us each week as we discuss everything that leads to being a better trainer. We hope you leave educated, inspired, and most importantly, elevated to new heights. What's going on guys we are closing out our five-week series talking about the five key attributes of a great trainer we've covered four of them already we talked about empathy open mind continuing education continuing to learn right after you've gotten into the industry and taken your first steps but then also um, that a sound knowledge base is critical but the more letters behind your name doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be that much better of a coach. And now we're going to tie everything together with how your attitude can affect the progress that your clients make or how you're able to interact with them. Um, so we're going to close this out and then we'll, we'll put a bow on the five key attributes of being a great trainer and we'll be ready to move on to some new subjects um, outside of this um, one little piece next week. So if we, if we were to talk about positive attitude and how it comes together with everything else, I think really what it is is it's your expression of all these other things. So what do I mean by that? Um, if you have empathy and an open mind, you're always learning and growing, and you have a sound knowledge base, but you're not just leaning on that so much that you think you're smarter than everything and you know it all, then what's going to come across is a trainer that is balanced, compassionate, wants to help, knows enough to help, and knows how to um, give that to their client in a digestible manner that isn't giving or doing too much. right? And by positive attitude, I don't just mean a, a fake smiley face in terms of uh, you know, putting on a, a show when you're with somebody. I'm talking about really and truly understanding that we're here for other people. It's not some inconvenience that we have to get up at five o'clock and go train somebody in the morning because that's the only time they want to train. You put yourself in the position. So if you show up tired and acting like you don't want to be there, how in the hell is that person supposed to be motivated, inspired, and do? better than they would if you weren't there right it's just not possible so I think it starts with a mindset and the mindset that we need to have that will lead us to having a positive attitude relatively speaking most of the time is this um, idea that number one we're lucky to be able to do what we do to be able to help guide people to a better healthier way of life is a blessing it's a great job there's a lot worse things we could be doing but then number two 
Um, it's something that isn't to be taken lightly. You have literally got someone's health, wellness, and happiness in your hands. And you can push it one direction or another. And it's something you should take serious. Right? It's heavy. Not only is it you know a gift and something to cherish that we get to do that, but it's important. And we need to take it seriously. And if we do both of those things, I think that most of the time on a daily basis, regularly, uh, generally speaking, we're going to have a good attitude when we engage people, right? And I don't just mean, again, this phony, big, cheesy smile. Oh, hi. How are you? Yeah, I'm so Like people can tell that shit from a mile away. I'm talking about really and truly understanding your role in that person's life and acting accordingly, right? When you're with somebody, you got to remember, we have eight clients a day, 10 clients a day, five classes a day, right? So 50 clients a day. I used to run into this. And again, we've talked about this before. None of this stuff is like me talking at somebody. I've been through these things. I've lived these situations. I've lived these experiences. And I've had to learn the hard way. Um, My fifth class of the day never got the same energy that my first class of the day got. And when I was younger, I used to think like, oh man, like they don't get it. I'm just tired. All right, I've done that. I've taught this workout five times today. It's, you know, same question, same this, same that. Guess what? The five o'clock class is there for their one hour of fitness a day. Or that sixth client of the day, and you had one at five, and now this one's at, you had one at 5 a.m., and this one's at 5 p.m. They don't. They don't know or they don't care necessarily, and it's not their job to care, so you can't be mad at them for that, that you've had four people before them or four classes before them. This is their one hour with you, and they probably paid really good money for it. So it's your job to make sure that you have some time to get your mind right before you work with that person. Because for all you know, they might, if it's uh, like, trust me, especially in like the CrossFit gym setting, these people have been looking forward to getting to that gym all day. They've been looking forward to see you, to seeing you and seeing their friends and doing that workout and getting out of their work clothes and putting on their, their, their tennis shoes and putting on their gym clothes all day. And if you come at that come at them with some sort of shitty attitude because you're tired or you've been there all day, number one, your professionalism goes right out the door. Right? Number two, it will immediately affect them. They might start to feel a little bit insecure. They might start to feel bad. Their 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 sense of comfort with the whole situation, whether you realize it or not, has dropped a little bit and you'll have to do something to get that back. I'm not saying you can't get it back, but it's not off to a good start. If it's something that you're able to shake, I think, you know, like sometimes it just takes a second to get in a groove and you can shake those things off. But let's say you stay that way, right? You're not asking them how their day went. You're not really engaging with them in honest and open conversation, talking to them about their work or talking to them about their family or talking to them about that sore hamstring that they you know, got last week. You're, you're just kind of disengaged and checked out. That person's going to automatically be doing the same thing and you're just not going to get the same response that you would have gotten 
if you were to be a little more open and honest and, and even talk with them about how you're feeling. Do it with, you know, with, with a smile and some openness, but even be transparent with them. They're transparent with you. Show them the same sort of honesty and openness, and you'd be surprised how that would build the relationship even more. Because then I guarantee you, you'd snap, you'd snap out of it, and you'd be kind of back to normal once you guys got in a groove and you've got some good conversation going. What they don't want to hear is just you complaining about how tired and you know out of it and ready to go home you are because again they're there for they've paid for now of your best work and you expect them to do the same so you both need to bring it our, our attitude can go a long way they feed off of it right we also need to be able to adjust how we interact with people and what type of attitude or presence we have now, I learned this in playing sports um, and coaching sports but there, I responded to a certain type of coaching when I played when I played lacrosse, especially at the collegiate level. Um, our our lacrosse coach had one style, and his style would shut a lot of guys down. I know a lot of guys who would play uh, who could play really well, and then when coach interacted with them a certain way, they would just shut down. And the same coach interacting with different guys the same way, they would thrive. And the best coaches know that to get the best out of each player, they might have to coach players differently. It's the same thing with your athletes. You might have to interact with one person by pushing them really hard and being aggressive with them. And another person, you might have to really back off and show compassion and, and, and keep it mellow. To get Again, it's not about you. It's about them. And if you just don't have – if you can't – train somebody that way, if that's not your style, you can't adapt and you can't be versatile, then it's just going to limit, we've talked about this before, it's going to limit the population you're able to serve. Right. So number the second part of that is being versatile with the type of behaviors we're able to you know, put out and work with depending on the person that we're working with. Right. Our attitude you know, being positive or negative or up or down, it really can do so much to build a person's confidence and inspire them. And and that's part of what we're here to do also, right? We're here to motivate. We're here to help people understand that they're capable of more than they thought initially they were, they were maybe capable of, that they can do things they thought they couldn't that they can work harder than they thought they could, they can last longer than they thought they could, they can stay away from that negative influence, they cannot eat that, they can work out this often, they can go to bed at this time, they can stay away from that drink, they can put that cigarette down, and you might not ever get to those core issues if you don't have an attitude that is disarming for them. And here's another big thing to watch out for that I think I see even more often is obviously sometimes we gravitate towards, and this is, to me, this would be a sign of professionalism, like of a real trainer, somebody who's doing this thing for the right reasons. Sometimes we gravitate towards people who are more like us. They like to train like us. They have the same goals as us. Maybe they're similar in terms of what they uh, want or what they're capable of. 
oftentimes you don't see a lot of trainers training people who are, I mean, on the other end of the spectrum, like a super, super fit guy, super, super fit girl working with somebody who's completely starting over. And we in a, in CrossFit, our founder has actually addressed these populations Right, we, he calls them their their reference as neglected populations, people who maybe we're not interested in filling the gyms with or filling our rosters with, elderly, overweight, sick, and the problem is these people need it the most, and we might have an attitude of like oh, I don't want to work with that person because it won't be as fun, right? Or there'll be a lot more work, or when we do take those per those people. Maybe we don't connect with them in the same way as we would with people we have a lot of shared interest with. But again, I want to remind everybody that part of our job is connecting and building relationships with these people, not just people that we share an interest with. Right. So every day we walk into the gym, we need to remember that we're blessed and it's a gift to be able to do what we do. That we hold somebody's Health, happiness, wellness, to a certain extent in our hands, and we can push them towards being passionate about stuff like this or push them away from it so they go back to what they were doing, maybe even worse off because they had a bad experience with a trainer at a gym, right? And we can inspire them to, to hope and dream and wish to be the best version of ourselves, which I know at the end we all want to do. So how do we do this? I think, first of all, maybe just understanding that we, we've mentioned this before too. If you're not in this for the right reasons, it's going to be tough to make all these things happen. But if you are and, you've, and you just want to find a way to put these things into good practice, I think number one, just having making sure we reflect and think about why am I doing this? Um, do I believe in it? Is it something I'm passionate about? And, and giving yourself time to think about what it is we do and why. Number two, it, I think it's important to not work yourself too hard. Um, and I know especially with personal trainers, the more trainers you can fit in a day, the, the more money you're going to make, I get it. But at least give yourself, I, w I mean, 10 minutes in between clients. I used to take clients back to back to back to back. And, and working with five people back to back to back for five hours is not the same thing as sitting at a desk and working for five hours on something. Like you have to be on. You're moving. You're picking this up. You're moving them here. You're looking at this here. You're. Just, I mean, you are on. You're moving. You're working. It's very physical. It's very tiring. Five hours of back to back to back training is exhausting. And what I recommend, and, and you're just not going to be as on on hour five as you were on hour one. So one of my recommendations is, is don't take big chunks like that if you can avoid it. Have a break. And also, not only have a break, a, a big chunk in, in kind of like the middle of a large block, but give yourself 10 minutes in between sessions. 10 minutes. So you can go and put some water on your face and take a deep breath and get your mind right for the next person and kind of process what you did with uh, client number one or class number one and prepare yourself mentally and emotionally 
you know, physically to do it again for the second class. If you had a little longer than 10 minutes, it'd be even better because you can kind of close out conversations you had or, or any, anything you need to with the first group and you can prepare and start to do the same thing with the next group. All the while you got a little bit of water, you took a couple of deep breaths, maybe you sit down for a minute and, and rest your legs, rest your feet and just, I mean, I once I started doing things like this, I would do something like as silly as this. I would go up to my office, I would take some water, I would just close my eyes for a minute, I would change my shoes, which you can imagine, you can't ima- like if you don't do this when you've been on your feet for one hour, it it feels amazing. Like when you go and you change your shoes, your feet feel better, your legs feel better, your back, like everything just feels better just from changing your shoes. And if I would do that, get some water, maybe pop a piece of beef jerky or something, right? Close my eyes for a second, take some deep breaths, just sit and, and let it be quiet for a minute change the shoes, walk back downstairs. I was like a new person. 10 minutes. And I did much better, right, working with consecutive classes or clients with those little breaks than when I would just go back to back to back. Because it's just a second to get your mind right, to remember like, yes, I'm tired, but I need to be on now. To think about it. And give yourself that second to understand your role in that next group's, you know, overall experience at that gym or with you as a trainer. I think it all comes down to just remembering it's not about you, right? We're there providing a service and it's an important service. And and we need to have that mindset going into every session. And if we do that, that will guide our attitude and it will... Um, it will come across as we interact with people throughout the day. All right. and, and if we look at putting all these together, I think they're all tied to one another. Right? If, if I were to put it together in like a little pyramid, I would think that the first thing that needs to happen is you need to know enough to want to do the job. So like for example, I have like you can't be a trainer and know nothing about the human body and how it functions and what makes you stronger, what makes you weaker, what happens when you get sick, you know, how this joint moves, what's orthopedically sound or what's, um, you know, what's proper movement patterns, what's improper patterns, how to spot a flaw, how to fix a flaw, how to tell somebody what they should eat, what they shouldn't eat. I mean, but with all that being said, I think there's a baseline amount of information. That's why we said knowledge is power, but you don't need to have a master's degree. Right. Once you have a baseline level of information, you go and take a level one course or you, you get an entry level personal, tra- personal training certification somewhere, you have enough to get started because you're going to continue to learn the whole time. So I would put that as, as the base. You have to have a little bit of, of knowledge, right? Then I would say the next piece built on top of that sound knowledge base is you have empathy for the people that you're going to work with. Built on top of that, continuing education, you're always going to learn, you're always going to grow, have an open mind, and at the top of this is your positive attitude. But that's not to, I don't, 
you know, maybe it would work together as like a better as a Venn diagram or something, but because I don't think any one of these is more important than the other, but they certainly can't exist without one another. They're all intertwined. Somebody that has a positive attitude and knows enough to get started and has an open mind, right? That open mind is going to lead to them continually continually learning and wanting to know more and grow as a trainer, right? And the more you learn, the more you the, the more you learn and the more you know and the more you start to realize you don't know, it helps build empathy because you you start to think about other people besides yourself and you feel for other people and what their experiences are and you start to realize that you don't have all the answers, but you have some and you just want to help. And maybe there's people that you can't help and you can point them in a different, dire- uh, different direction. And it just all these things make you not only a better trainer, but you'll just be a better person. Insert any industry there. You could be a banker. You could be an accountant. You could be a doctor. And if you have these attributes, I think you're going to, I think you could do okay. I mean, I don't want my neurosurgeon just getting started knowing the basics, but I'm saying like, you you get what I'm saying here. These five elements could make you good at a lot of different things because you, you, again, you have the mindset that you're always going to be learning and growing more every day, every experience. And your open mind is going to keep you from limiting yourself to certain exposures. You'll try anything. You'll learn from anyone, right? Even your clients. And that will develop a a certain level of empathy because you're listening to them. You're learning from them. You want to know what's going on with their life, how things feel, what their experiences are so that you can serve them better, right? And, and, Again, I'm not. I, I don't want to act like it. trainers don't need to have a um, a certain educational background or knowledge base to get started on this. They do, but man, I I think you you could do a hell of a lot of good work without being the the highest educated person around, as long as you know a few things. And so that's where all these things come together to build this always evolving, ever changing professional who is thinking about how they can do a better job and wanting to do a better job all the time. Um, One of the reference points I have for this is oftentimes, and we'll we'll do a whole podcast on this, but people ask uh, those who uh, people ask trainers who have passed the CrossFit level three exam. And again, I know I reference CrossFit a lot and that's because I'm mostly talking to CrossFit coaches here, but people ask us, how did you study? What did you do to prepare? And most trainers that I know who have taken this, uh, especially the ones on staff, but who have taken this exam, we all kind of respond the same way and it's that there wasn't any dedicated study or prep time when we got ready to take that exam and that shocks people or they'll think we're just making it up we're lying and we don't want to say how we prepped for it but it's not that we didn't prep for it we prepped for it for years 
we always studied, we were always learning, we were always growing in every opportunity we had to learn and then put what we learned into practice, we did. And so I studied every day for 10 years. And that's how I prepped for the level three test. So when it came, when it came time to take it, I was like, if I, if I don't pass this test, then I, I have been doing everything wrong and reading all the wrong stuff for the past, you know, back at that time, eight years. So I guess I, you know, I guess we'll just take it and see where we, where everything, where the chips fall and things worked out okay. But again, that's because I had that, I had an open mind and I had the, the desire to constantly pursue knowledge and information and grow and change. Right. And yes, I, I had a knowledge base, but again, it, it wasn't, uh, I don't have a master's degree in exercise science and I, I did just fine in those areas that required me to have a little bit of, of knowledge on that subject matter. Right. And I've done just fine with my clients, um, that I've worked with over the years without having some of those, you know, master's degree exercise science or kinesiology and a CSCS because you know the National Strength and Conditioning Association is the end all be all and again like not I don't want to knock on those things they just weren't for me and it wasn't my path and they also didn't specifically align with the things I wanted to do so they they weren't things that I pursued but um I thought about it at one point and, and then I would just kind of went different avenues and, you know, learned um, in different ways. But it's never been something that has held me back from, um, I would say, being successful in my mind at what I do. So, you know, when closing out this discussion of what it takes to be a great trainer, I would say the... There are so many other things, right? Seeing and correcting, right? Managing a group or manage client management, right? There's lots of there's programming, right? Uh, you know, exercise program design. There's so many other things, but I would say, if you had these five elements, these five attributes, and you were constantly developing and growing in within them. It will lead to success and development of those other areas like little things I just said. And then I think you're on the right track and you're going to be successful and you're going to be able to help people, which is what our goal is. And the more people you're able to help, the more successful you are as a trainer, the, the better you'll better off you'll be in the industry. Right? So... Um, Again, these are building blocks. Lots of other things that, lots of other traits that trainers emulate who who do a great job. But you know, in my opinion, I think these are some building blocks and provide the base and the foundation for all that other stuff. So, just something to think about. And I hope that was helpful for you guys. Again, if we were to review our five key attributes of a great trainer. Um, the first one was show empathy. The second was have an open mind. Number three was trainers um, always pursuing more knowledge and, and continuing their education throughout their career. Uh, number f- 
uh, for knowledge is power, but it's not everything by knowledge. I'm talking about subject matter um, knowledge base. And then number five was having and demonstrating positive attitudes um, to the people we're working with. And that all of those elements flow together to basically be the, the, the part of us that interacts with the client, right? This is what the client sees. This is what they feel. This is what they hear. This is what they see when they um, look at their experience with us. So hope that was helpful, guys. Um, we are coming up on that the end of the second month of, of this you know, government and, and country closure. It's uh, hopefully it's coming to an end, gang. It's I know here in Texas, things are about to start to open up. Are, things are opening up, but gyms specifically, it looks like on the 18th, our gyms are, are going to be opening up and people will be able to get back to work. I know everybody is super eager and excited to get back to doing their job. I think um, all of us have become a lot more appreciative of our jobs and being able to support our families and do what we love. I know... Um, from my perspective of our seminar staff job, I haven't worked a seminar in two months. And as somebody who's relatively new on staff, I wasn't ready for a break like that. You know, I'm still learning and growing and um, becoming who I am as a seminar staff trainer. And even though I'm new, this is the biggest break I've had um, outside of my injury. So when I came back from my injury, um, I just wanted to work as much as I could and you know, now this happened. So it's, um, and, and for those of you who don't know about my injury, I was in a, I was in a motorcycle accident and that sidelined me for a good six months. Um, and we'll, we'll, we'll talk more about that and recovering from injury and how that can help, um, how that can help you relate to clients more and be a better coach. So, um, we'll talk more about that, but yeah, I'm just, I'm ready for the country to open up. So we host, we, you know, gyms are hosting seminars and we get to put our red shirts back on and go do what we love, which is teach those CrossFit um, level one seminars and help new coaches get started on their journey. So I know everyone's excited um, for the country to open back up and they're missing their friends and, you know, trying not to blow their houses up. <laughs> so everybody just, Hang in there, and it's it's looking like a, I think we can all see a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel, and everything should be back to normal soon. So everybody stay safe, stay strong, work hard, and reach out with any questions you have, and we will be back next week with another episode. Talk to you soon, guys. Bye-bye.